welcome to Horror Court Trash Show, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash to pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And this is our penultimate Christmas episode for this year. And what better way, what better way to uh, continue things than with an all-time classic from 1996. Okay, all-time classic. Oh, come on, it is an all-time classic. It's, it's a film I've seen many times. It's a Christmas staple, but if this wasn't a Christmas film, would you have seen it as much as you have? Uh, no, absolutely not. No. <laughs> if, this, if this wasn't a Christmas film, it, it could be bordering on horror or thriller, because it, there are some concerning moments. There are many concerning this. moments. As a, I mean, as a kid, I, I loved it, and... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because of that, it's got that nostalgia attachment. Of course, we're discussing Jingle All The Way. Before we start, I'm going to get the socials catch up out of the way on this episode because they've all been about Jingle All The Way. Nice. Uh, so, CN Funny John on Twitter said, Two thoughts. Try to include a Christmas episode of The Simpsons in this. One character said her dad was killed in this movie being trampled on. Also, don't ever, ever do the sequel to this movie. So we watched the episode of The Simpsons earlier, which was great. Um, an episode that also mocks the Hallmark trashy Christmas films. Yes. Yeah. It's um the, the connection as well is Phil Hartman who plays Ted. Um, he was a voice on The Simpsons. Yeah. Um, most famously Troy McClure, I believe, but he he did quite a few. Or was it Lionel Hertz as well? Well, yeah, Steve Stringer on Twitter said uh, this has the original Troy McClure as the neighbour. There we go. Uh, before the actor was shot and killed by his wife. Yeah, very unfortunate. Uh, Jude DeLuca on Twitter said, Honestly, I never saw this movie as a kid in the 90s. My one memory is of the trailer on a certain VHS I most definitely still own. <laughs> then last year, I couldn't stop watching it on TV. Also, the mum is an ass. Why did she wait until the last minute to ask about the doll? Well... Yeah. I mean, technically she asks previously, we just don't see it. Yeah. Um, there's, there's no follow-ups until Christmas. Exactly. Christmas so Eve. surely she should have asked a few times in between. But we'll, yeah. we'll get into why she's an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> and uh, demort on Instagram said, In the darkest timeline there exists a sequel. So there's, there's a lot of things surrounding the sequel. Honey, it's absolutely awful. I mean, it looks awful as well, so... Yeah, I think it's starring one of those American comedians that never sort of translated to the UK. Larry the Cable Guy. Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah. I mean, I've heard of him, never seen him in Honestly, anything. I thought he was a wrestler. Oh, okay. <laughs> Larry the Cable Guy. I, I thought that was a wrestler name. <laughs> there we go. Um, but, I mean, CN Funny John told us to never cover the, the sequel because it's that bad. It feels like a challenge. Well, it does. I mean, <laughs> we we did do Saving Christmas yeah, last week. Worse than Can that. it be as bad as Saving Christmas? Exactly. You've seen um, uh, Christmas Vacation 2. two yeah, wow. Well, Saving Christmas is even worse than that, but Christmas Vacation 2 is pretty close. Uh, but yeah, keep on coming in. All the comments on social media. We're Horrorcore Trash over on Facebook and Instagram and Horrorcore Trash on Twitter. Carry on talking to us about Jingle All The Way. This, this seems to have uh, gone down really well that we're covering this. Um, so it's directed by Brian Levant, who also directed such classics as Problem Child 2, Beethoven, 
The first Beethoven? Yeah. Oh, wow. The Flintstones. Okay. Flintstones and Viva Rock Vegas. Oh, wow. Okay. Snow Dogs. Are we there yet? The Spy Next Door. A Christmas Story 2. Sophia okay, Grace. Is very on brand for him then. <laughs> Sophia Grace and Rosie's Royal Adventure. Max 2, White House Hero. And an upcoming Police Academy reboot, as well as many, many other random projects. Oh. I didn't know they were rebooting Police Academy. <laughs> Neither did I. That's, that's an interesting choice. Yeah. Uh, made on a budget of $60 million and made $129.8 million worldwide. I believe, I mean, that's a, a moderate success. It's just over doubled it. Yeah. It? Um, I, I think it's gained more of a cult following over the years from people who saw it when they were when they were kids. Yeah, I do. I think we are squeezing this into the cult slash other yeah. section of horror culture slash other um, because we watched this on a trash film night. Didn't we? We yeah. saw it on the big screen and it was marketed as a trash film night. And we remembered the film and we just assumed it was one of those films that hadn't aged very well. And it has its issues and we will definitely go into them. <laughs> but as a whole, it's not a terrible film. No. It's a fun, enjoyable film. Yeah, it's aimed at kids, so a lot of it is really silly. Um, but there's still a lot of enjoyment to get out of it, surprisingly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not 100% trash. We're getting into the trivia. Producer Chris Columbus, which is absolutely bizarre to me that Chris Columbus produced this, uh, wanted Joe Pesci... He'd be long dead, wouldn't he? I mean, after discovering the Americas. No? After what? Is it a different Christopher Columbus? Oh, shut the fuck up, you <laughs> nun. Uh, he wanted Joe Pesci to play Myron, but he was deemed too short at 5 foot 3 next to Arnold Schwarzenegger who is six foot two. Uh, this was despite the fact that Arnie had previously appeared in two films alongside the even shorter Danny DeVito. I mean, I, I'd have loved to have seen Joe Pesci in that role. That would have been great. Hmm. There's a lot of this where we have to uh, suspend belief in yeah. terms of... Yeah, hopefully they won't go for real realism. Arnold being the Terminator <laughs> and being a very large built man. Um, he's quite easily knocked over by random <laughs> objects. Because, <laughs> like, Sinbad, I, I don't know, in comparison to Arnold, obviously, everyone looks small. Um, but I don't think Sinbad's the biggest guy. No. And he's, like, knocking him around. So maybe maybe you'd have to suspend belief a little too much to think of Joe Pesci being able to uh, start, like, pushing Arnold in any direction. Sinbad improvised the majority of his lines. Oh, you don't fucking say. Um, Arnie also improvised many of his responses in his conversations with him. Mm. Uh, the world premiere... I suppose you'd have to, wouldn't you? Well, yeah. If someone else is improvising. I mean, they're just talking shit for the whole fucking film. So, it clearly, a lot of that wasn't scripted. You, you can't script that shit. Like, especially with um, Sinbad. He is just constantly spewing shit. Every fucking scene he's in. Yeah, he makes a, a, a few good points, though. And I am one for overanalyzing a film. I don't know if you know that. Um, and I have absolutely overanalyzed this. So some of what he says is, you know, um, on, the, on the nose. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> the world premiere was held on November 16th, 1996, at the Mall of America in Bloomington, where parts of the film were shot. 
Lovely. Um, where they where they also donated memorabilia from the film to Planet Hollywood, in the mall. Oh, nice. Very nice. The story is based on the 1980s shopping frenzy over the Cabbage Patch dolls. However, it ended up perfectly mimicking the Tickle Me Elmo craze of Christmas 1996. Yeah, there's always one big toy, isn't there, each yeah. year. And I think less now. Well, it, it usually ends up being like yeah. games consoles. The problem is, uh, nowadays, if there's an incident like this, and there's a meme going around about this film, and it's very, very accurate, I, if this was to happen in modern day, you could literally just order it online. Well, you would, yeah. Just just pay a little more for it on eBay or whatever, you know? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. They'd be sold on <laughs> eBay for, like, two grand, wouldn't they? Um, Arnold Squash... Like <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's like the PS5, isn't it? It's... Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, they just... I just don't feel like they've made enough PS5s. No, they didn't make enough Turbo Man dolls, clearly. Yeah, clearly. Arnold Schwarzenegger enjoyed the film, having experienced last-minute Christmas shopping himself. Uh, and was attracted to playing an ordinary character in a family film. Bitch, you are nothing, like, you're not ordinary in this film. Well, I might as well mention it now, <laughs> seeing as Arnold's mentioned it. Um, obviously, Arnold started off as an action star. He played the Terminator, he played Conan, he played Hercules in New York. Um, his career very much started because of his size. Because he was a very muscular guy. Not because he was a great actor. Um, <laughs> but he was very much a presence on screen. Yeah. Then you get into these family-friendly films. And it kind of starts kindergarten cop, doesn't it? And junior yeah. and all that. Where you're meant to believe that he's a normal guy. Particularly in this film... We're meant to believe that he's a workaholic and has no time for his family. Uh, but he's always at work. When he's not with his family, he's at work. Wherever he gets the time to work out to become that size. Because a lot of people work out every day and they still don't end up the size of Arnold. No. Um, so <laughs> we're kind of meant to suspend belief. And think that this is just a normal guy. There's only ever one reference to him being incredibly muscular. Yeah. Um, really. And um, it's just, it's uh, it just made me laugh. I just found it so funny. I'm like, where where is he working out in between all this? Are we just meant to expect? And it's a big thing at the moment. And a lot of actors. Um, who was it recently? Was it Superman? Who plays Superman? Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill, he was talking either about his character in Superman or The Witcher, where he starved himself mm. um, to look a particular way on screen. But that's never mentioned in the show. No. He's just, this is what he looks like. And it's just a lot of that. And I think it is an issue at, at the, now in film where there is a, a image of what men should look like, mm -hmm. but it's never, like, in the... with the character. No. So it's never really mentioned in the film, so it's just, this person is incredibly muscular, but you never... there's never mention of them working out. There's no, you know, in Jingle All The Way, and, of course, I'm overanalyzing it too much, but in Jingle All The Way, this dude is massive. It's Arnold. It's Arnie, yeah. you know? He's huge, but there's no mention of why he's huge, because he's too busy at work. 
you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, no one else looks like him. So. Yeah, so we went to believe it was this just ordinary average Joe, you know, Howard down the street. I'm like, okay. In March 2001, a U.S. District Court jury in Birmingham, Michigan, ruled that 20th Century Fox stole a script idea from Detroit high school biology teacher Brian Webster. The studio was ordered to pay $19 million, later reduced to $1.5 million. Uh, Webster submitted the script, then named Could This Be Christmas, to the studio in 1994, and never received payment nor credit, despite the film making $129 million worldwide. Wow. 20th Century Fox appealed... And the verdict was reversed since Webster's script was submitted after the studio had already purchased a treatment uh, of what would become the film script. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's not a groundbreaking idea, necessarily. No. Um, yeah, but it sounds a bit fishy. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a spe- very specific idea. Mm. Um For that time, obviously. Well, it's a bit, I mean, if his treatment involved... Turbo Man, mm. then or or a character similar to Turbo Man, then, yeah, which it probably did, which is yeah. why they ended up giving out the money. So they probably had this original in nineteen ninety four. He gave them another one, very similar, uh-huh. and they used aspects of that and didn't pay him. Yeah, that's what I suspect, which is very fishy. Uh, Arnie... Which is so weird for a film that's all about consumerism. Oh, I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and capitalism, you know? Um, but, okay. A bit of irony there. Arnie was paid a reported $20 million for the role. Yeah. And it was his agent who suggested Sinbad. But the producers felt he was unsuited to the role of a villain as it could harm his clean, family-oriented comedy act and reputation. Although Sinbad felt the character would generate the audience's sympathy rather than hatred. Furthermore, he missed the audition due to his appearance with Hillary Clinton and Sheryl Crow on the USO tour of Bosnia. Uh, and Chris Columbus waited for him to return to Laon to audition. And although Sinbad felt he had messed it up, he was given the part. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, Sinbad is another one that hasn't... It's very American. Very yeah. American. Hasn't translated to the UK. Um, he's never been on anything here, has he? No, no, not that I know of, anyway. Um, Arnie getting paid twenty million sounds about right. Yeah, he was sort of at the height of his fame then. You know, pre governor of California. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it makes sense. Uh, Tim Allen was considered for the role of Howard originally. Whew. As, as we all know, he went on to star in another groundbreaking Christmas classic, uh, Christmas of the Cranks. Tim, it would have been on point <laughs> for Tim Allen, actually. Um, yeah, I think pretty much what he did in Santa Claus. Have you seen Santa Claus? No, I haven't, I haven't seen it, no. So, I don't know, a neglectful father role. I, don't, I mean... I've only seen it Christmas-wise, only in Christmas with the Cranks, and that was fucking awful. I, I'm just glad that it, it was Arnie that got the role, because this would not be anywhere near as entertaining or memorable if it wasn't for him. Oh, so and his line delivery... psychotic yeah. he is in this film. Yeah, he's, he's on... Yeah, he's um, bouncing off the walls, and he... <laughs> I was going to say, he's, he's on cocaine. He, 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 might, as well he might as well be. But that's not... I don't know why I would say that, but it seems like he is. Um, 
<laughs> That's, that was uh, that way. They just cut the scene. In court, am I going to get sued? I, I don't actually believe that. But... <laughs> they actually just cut the scene uh, before he goes shopping. He's snorting a line before he jumps in the ball pit with the kids. Twentieth Century Fox offered him the project after developing uh, development on a remake of Planet of the Apes, which had been a long time pet project for the actor had fallen apart. And he wasn't in the other, uh, the actual remake of Planet he of the Apes. He wasn't in Tim Burton's remake. Look at him. <laughs> um, and also, uh, for the final bit of trivia, he only signed on for this film in February, and the film was shot so quickly, only six and a half months were available for merchandising instead of the ideal year. As such, merchandising was limited to a 13 and a half inch replica twelve $25 uh, talking turbo man doll. And the West Coast exclusive Turbo Man Time Racer vehicle, while no tie-in promotions could be secured. Despite this, several critics wrote that the film was only being made in order to sell a toy. Chris Columbus dismissed this uh, criticism, stating that with only roughly 200,000 Turbo Man toys being made, the merchandising was far less than the years of releases, such as Space Jam and 101 Dalmatians. I mean, yeah, the 90s was such a big time for... Toys tying in with films and oh, that all started in the eighties. To have that as a criticism is a little ridiculous. I mean, every film was doing that. You know that you they must have been using that for criticism for every other film because you know you even had stuff like in from the eighties, like you said, you know stuff like fucking RoboCop, which is very clearly not made for kids, still selling action figures and and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. Um... But I think probably the criticism comes from the fact that Jingle All The Way is kind of criticising that. Mm. And it's it's kind of hypocritical Yeah. that they would do it. Because Turbo Man, it's not actually a film about Turbo Man, is it? No. It's a no. film about Howard. Yeah. Um, and you ain't seen any Howard action figures, are you? Well, we own one. <laughs> yes, we do. We do, actually. Um, yeah, the Howard Funko the Pop. The Funko Pop. Um, but it is kind of hypocritical that they've made this whole film based around the commercialism of Turbo Man and eventually seeing the true meaning of Christmas, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. blah. And then for them to release a line of toys based around the character that they're essentially mocking. Yeah. Um, is it is a little hypocritical. <laughs> well I just I don't I think it was just an interesting idea, um the the script. And mm-hmm. I don't I'm assuming they didn't really think of the message behind no. it and just thought it would make a fun film which it did but I do, I do think um, there, there aren't many layers to the film unless you really try to dissect them uh-huh. which which is what I'm good at <laughs> and that is what we were just about to do so father vows to get his son a turbo man action figure for Christmas however every store is sold out of them and he must travel all over the towns and everything and compete with everybody else in order to find one so we start off with a Power Rangers rip-off opening scene uh, where Turbo Man in his stupid fucking voice tries saving a kid with a very 90s haircut. Those curtains are on display. The curtains are on display throughout the whole film. Every, every fucker's got curtains. 
I don't, the, the voice for Turbine in the scene, in comparison to the voice later on, makes the scene later on even more baffling. Because this is not Arnie, clearly, in the scene. He's like, oh, Turbine, man. It's, it's not an Austrian awful. accent. No. Definitely not an Austrian accent. Um, Anakin Skywalker himself, Jake Lloyd, is here playing Jamie. Um, he's watching the show and getting a bit too excited by it before moaning to his mother who looks like Jennifer Aniston, um, about how his father never makes it to anything. I, I genuinely, I'm not even ashamed to admit, I thought this was Jennifer Aniston when I watched it as a kid. Jennifer Aniston. Do you not think it looks like her? Is she has the Jennifer... Je, and sounds like her. She has the Jennifer Aniston haircut. So, she is Rita Wilson. Yeah. Who's married to Tom Hanks in mm-hmm. real life. Um, but she absolutely has the Jennifer Aniston haircut. Yeah. Throughout the whole film. And Jake Lloyd, uh, what a what a, uh, a disservice the world did to him. Poor Jake Lloyd. This whiny fucking kid that he has to portray. I mean, Jake Lloyd himself, because obviously everyone would know him from Star Wars, uh, Episode 1, Phantom Menace, where he got like the biggest backlash and sent him on a really dark downward spiral. I just feel really sorry for him. Yeah, it's really... It's strange, that story of him getting all the backlash. Yeah. As if he wrote the fucking film. I know, yeah. Yeah. Like, he just acted. He was told to act and he acted. He acted as a, as a child would act. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And he got all this hate from the dickheads. Mm-hmm. But uh, in in this film, he is a, a whiny little brat. <laughs> he really is. Um, I don't blame him no, for it. No, uh, it's not. It's not Jake Lloyd's fault. But the character is a fucking. The arsehole. character is fucking annoying. Um, his father Howard, played by Arnie, um, is his Christmas party at his workplace. But as always, he's just there working hard, isn't he? Yeah. So um, we get a montage of Howard in his office on the phone. <laughs> Telling everyone that they're his number one customer. <laughs> his wife Liz, Jennifer Aniston, calls, <laughs> and she's told that she's also his number one customer. Oh, she's he's such a workaholic. you, man. Such a workaholic. And he's being reminded of his son's karate class that he has to get to. Yeah, so good old, whatever the kid's name is, Jake Lloyd. Jamie. Jamie. Um, he's getting his purple belt. Very excited. <laughs> Um, and Howard better not miss it. It's not even that much of a fucking big deal. It's not like he's getting a fucking black belt. Like, well, all he does down. is, like, chop a bit of wood with his hands. With his bare hands. Okay, let's let's not take away from how impressive that is. This child chops a bit of wood in half with his bare fucking hands. <laughs> I mean, it, you, we all know he's, you know, he, he's the Sith Lord, but <laughs> not quite yet. So, at the karate class, divorced neighbour Ted, played by Phil Hartman, uh, he's, a, he's a popular handyman, he, isn't he, well, with the ladies? Yes, he is. There's a few ladies that um, are asking for his work, his... Um, his, his services. Services. And uh, he's got the right tool for the job, hasn't he? he apparently. He no. he, he's he's given BDE because all the women want him. Um, but he's only got eyes for Liz. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's only got eyes for Jennifer Aniston. And... Uh, and his fancy 90s camcorder, which is clearly a prized possession. Yeah. For the 90s. He is there uh, filming all the kids on his camcorder. So, um, 
<laughs> on that note. Unsurprisingly, old good old Howard misses. He's such a workaholic, he completely misses it. Traffic is yeah. awful. Traffic is terrible. He's stuck in traffic. He gets stopped by the police officer when he's trying to cut through. He gets into trouble, doesn't he? And he misses the karate class and Jamie's graduation. Well, this police officer... This is, I mean, this character, every time he's on screen, it's a bizarre series of events. Um, I mean, first of all, he pulls him over, and I don't, I don't know, he, he, he kind of acts like he's a fucking horror villain. He's like, being all sarcastic with him, he's like, oh, why don't you tell me the alphabet backwards? Like, oh my God, is he just going to beat him up or something? Um, but wait, that that's not going to happen here, because this film is an ode to white saviours um, worldwide, isn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely a film about white privilege and white savior at the end. Um, spoiler alert. Yeah, he get he still gets a ticket though. He still, he doesn't get a lot of two. It's easily. a film about privilege. It, it is white privilege, but also just privilege as a sort of construct. As well, it's definitely white privilege, especially what happens with two Myron at the end. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, Myron's not a, a, a great guy. You know, no. he is the villain. Of the film, um, but we'll get into that. So is Howard. So Howard's a, everyone's a villain, a villain in this film. Everyone is literally a villain in this film. Um, yeah, Jamie successfully chops a piece of wood in half of his bare hands. He does, but um, after missing Jamie's karate class graduation, Howard resolves to redeem himself by fulfilling Jamie's Christmas wish. Well, before that, action, well, before that, he's skipping some key moments. I mean, first of all, Howard tells the cleaner he didn't make it when he arrives. Um, then he gets home and Ted's on the roof putting up Christmas lights for him. He informs him that he's got the karate class all on video for him. So instead of giving Ted a talent off, Howard walks into the house and has a go at Liz for it and tells her off for a speeding ticket. Yeah, so he <laughs> says to Ted, what the hell are you doing on my roof? Hey, he does. He does. I can't yeah. do an Austrian accent. I what the hell are you trying. doing on my roof? Jamie is absolutely fuming. Yeah, he's watching Turbo Man again. Jamie has a really cool mural of Captain America <laughs> on his bedroom wall. Um, I've just written down here, bitch, who do you think pays for the karate lessons? <laughs> it's not like Liz is working. <laughs> well, um, Jamie also says, whoever doesn't get this action figure will be a real loser. Well, you're just going to be a real fucking loser and deal with it. And that's what he's... So, obviously, there's a privilege there. Yeah. He needs to have this. Um, action figure. Well, <laughs> he's got this really. It's a really nice house. Yeah, I mean, yeah. This yeah. is a single uh, income family. You know, Liz constantly has her hair done. She's, she's got <laughs> lovely outfits on. She's got full face of fucking makeup constantly. <laughs> she's got really nice house. Everything looks really good. She's only got one child who I'm assuming is at school most of the time. So she's just hanging around, probably drinking wine to herself <laughs> all day. You know, and she's got the cheek to be upset that Howard's working over. It doesn't seem to get his purple belt. It doesn't seem to get his purple belt. I mean, Howard missed out on the office party anyway. Yeah. You know, Who's paying for these fucking karate lessons? Who's paying for all this shit? Yeah, it's Howard. Me. You know, if Liz, if you want him to spend more time with the family, get yourself a fucking part-time job. <laughs> Start earning your way. Um, 
the this scene here where he's talking with Jamie in his bedroom, it's very much a, the best example of everything you were saying earlier about Arnie being in this role. Like, it just looks really creepy. So, it's like, really he, strange. He, he slowly goes into the room, he's like, what's up, champ? Are those hands registered weapons yet? And then he fucking wraps the purple belt around his head and starts doing stereotypical karate noises and kicks. It just looks really fucking terrifying. And, you know, <laughs> in comparison to Joe Pesci, he's big. But in comparison to, like, Jake Lloyd, he's absolutely fucking massive. It's so weird. And also, just that mural of Captain America on the wall, it's really... I'm, I'm surprised. Um, why was it not Turbo Man? I know, yeah. It's so I was just really sure. Why would it be Captain America? Would they have to have paid for the rights to have that? The whole room looks like a fucking advertisement for Marvel. Oh my god, his room. I mean, me and Gary, we're both big kids at heart, and you know we both work full time jobs. So we, I sit in a room full of film paraphernalia and toys and Funkos and stuff. Um, but we work hard for them. You know, we know where the money comes from. And then it's this bloody Jake. He's got a TV in his room. He's got everything that he needs. <laughs> yeah, I understand, you know, he probably should have this doll because he asked for it and he asked Santa for it and he asked Liz and everything. So how it is a dickhead for missing out on it. But come on, mate. You know, you've got plenty there. Yeah. A lot of people would kill for what you've got. Howard suggests that he gets some extra special Christmas present to make up for missing the karate lesson. Jamie suggests that he gets in the Turbo Man doll before launching into a very accurate impression of the advertisement for the doll before telling him that Johnny and everyone's getting one. And that, yeah, and that he's going to be a loser if he doesn't get one. Yeah. Howard's really proud of bonding with his son, um, which should just be a normal activity. Uh, so tells Liz all about it. She asks him if he got the Turbo Man doll that, that she asked him about two weeks ago. Her reminder on the night before Christmas Eve, and Howard decides to lie to her and say he got it before doing a shit impression of Jamie's Turbo Man speech. Yeah, so old Liz sat around all fucking day <laughs> drinking a glass of Chardonnay. Yeah, she could have fucked off to the mall yeah. and got the doll. If it's that important. Uh huh. This is really just the whole premise of the film is based on the fact that Liz was too fucking lazy <laughs> to get the gift herself. Well, it, it's just, it's, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I well, really... She must have done the rest of the shopping. Yeah. She could have just grabbed it then. But also, why doesn't he just say to her, oh shit, no, I messed up. Yeah, I forgot it. And then that's it. Yeah, and we need to work together. Yeah, we'll work, we'll, we'll work together and find it. That's it. You know, we'll have a chat, sort things out, sort a shitty marriage out. It's just, yeah, it's just a crazy... And there's so many films, um, particularly from the 90s, that kind of base themselves... Well, the 80s as well, actually. It's usually women in the role. Um, but kind of base themselves around being career-minded as this awful, terrible thing. Yeah. Um, well, it was a film recently on the podcast, wasn't it, that a lot of it was based around this woman being so awful because she put her career before anything else. <laughs> no, that's pretty much every Christmas film we've watched yeah, essentially, in the past few weeks. Yeah, probably. Um, but just, it's, it's interesting to see it from a man's perspective. But in the back of my mind... I am thinking, Liz, 
Clearly, clearly she doesn't work. No. She doesn't mention working. They're a single income. He does well for himself, clearly. He's very good at his job. Uh-huh. Um, why couldn't she have just gone out to get the doll? Yeah. And the whole film is based yeah. around that. That he's so awful because he's a workaholic. Well, thankfully... Um, <laughs> thankfully, it did go that way because now, from this point onwards, we're about to get one of the most chaotic fucking films ever made. Oh my god, it's hard to keep up. <laughs> um, this tells me it's a good job he got it because at this point it'd be impossible to get one. So then on Christmas Eve, Howard tells Liz that he has to go to the office to pick up that doll that he definitely hasn't brought. It is, he does seem completely oblivious to a lot of things though. I, th- I think <laughs> obviously the film is based around, you know, being too career minded as a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe a little bit he's gone too far because yeah. if this Turbo Man is the biggest news in America. This is this is top news. This is the doll. And he seemed to be completely oblivious to Turbo Man to begin with. So clearly you don't listen to his son much. No. And he's not listening to the radio or watching the news. So I think he does need to take a little time <laughs> to sort of uh, come out the cave yeah. and see what's happening in the world around him. But he... Tackles it head on now. So. Oh, yeah, <laughs> got no choice. Jamie whinges at him about not making it to the parade after overfilling the cereal bowl with milk. Way too much fucking milk. Oh, you go to the parade today? Oh, fuck off. And Liz is like, Howard, it's Christmas Eve. You can't be going <laughs> to the office, bitch. I fucking work on Christmas Eve. Fuck you. Howard promises he'll make it. Howard heads to his car and is attacked by a reindeer that's being walked by Ted. Yeah, Ted has a very angry reindeer. Um, also... <laughs> this reindeer's also done a lot of coke. <laughs> I don't... Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> I don't know a massive amount about American economics in the uh, mid to late 90s. But how could Ted, as a single parent, afford all this stuff? Oh, his house is even nicer than their house. His house is even nicer than theirs. He's afforded a reindeer for Christmas. Um, he's not even rented it. He's just going to leave it out in the wild after he's done with it. Um, you know, he seems to be okay to turn up to these karate classes, even though he's, you know, a single income, single parent. But his income seemingly is him going around shagging all the neighbours. Well, I don't know. Maybe you got a good divorce settlement. Must have. Yeah, must have. Um, Ted got the reindeer as a Christmas surprise for Johnny. Uh, he's been watching a family of deer uh, by a, a lake, which is where he'll abandon the reindeer after Christmas. Boo. Ted wants to know where Howard's going. Oh my god, he is so intrusive. Oh, where are you going? Where are you going, Howard? It's highly inappropriate. He is so inappropriate for the whole film. And, and Howard's straight up honest with him. Like, I mean, he's like, oh, uh, I'm just going off to get uh, Jamie a turbo mantle. Uh, why wasn't there a point in this film where. He says this to Jennifer Aniston, and then... He's true. You know, that could have been a great plot point there. Yeah, she already um, knew. Ted tells him that he has one under his tree for Johnny, and tells Howard to wrap chains around his ties because of how icy it'll be. Now, if there's a certain point where you believe uh, Howard did a line of coke, would it be this moment? Yeah. Because yeah. from this point on, he's like, how about I wrap some chains around you? And then speeds off, and then and then it's just out of control. 
He aggressively tells some shop workers to let him in. Oh my god, push it. <laughs> so, this, I'm confused. I'm confused by this. So he gets to the shop. It's pure Black Friday. Everyone yeah. queuing outside. Everyone pushing and shoving to get to the front. Um, uh, Howard pushes his way to the front. And he's argues with the shop guy because it's two minutes to nine and they're not open yeah. until nine. What about two minutes? Blah, 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 blah. Everyone takes offence and he gets pushed back. And this is where we meet... Myron. Uh, Myron. Myron. Myron, played by Sinbad. So Myron is unhinged. <laughs> he's... I don't think he's on coke. I think he's on LSD. He's on... He's hallucinating. He's yeah. He's completely <laughs> lost the plot. He's a postman, isn't he? He's a postman. Um, he talks about and he makes a half decent point about the emphasis on commercialism <laughs> and men being forced into the role of the breadwinner. <laughs> in a turbulent economy where employment can't be guaranteed. This is what I gathered from it. It's yeah. not as coherent as I just made it. No. Um, so he's clear, he's very much got a problem with women and he goes on this rant. He ends up strangling a woman. Well, yeah. I mean, he goes on about subliminal messages on TV. <laughs> subliminal messages, yeah. He's one of these um, um, tin hat ones. As yeah, well. he calls Turbo Man Turtle Man at first. And in the end, he calls him fruity as well. He starts, uh, he starts strangling an old woman. He's very um, toxic masculinity. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it does make a, a point, you know, of um, a, a turbulent economy. His employment can't be guaranteed. He doesn't, you know, he's a postman, which I, I don't think is a, a big paying job. Um and yeah, he grabs this woman by the neck, pretends that it's because she's wearing fur, and no one actually deals with that. No, no one, you know, um, no one steps in, tells him, stop no. strangling that random woman. No, because violence is nothing in this film. <laughs> violence like, means crime nothing is in nothing. This film. <laughs> like there's there's no such thing as crime in this film, unless you know, unless you're a non-white man who does the exact same things as a white man. It's true. Um, leading it's up to the finale. True. It's true. Um, when the... So I'm, this is where I'm confused. So the doors are open. Yeah. And the store guy is trampled on. He uh-huh. probably dies. The, who knows? The dad of, yeah, the dad of the girl in The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> so he dies and everyone's rushing. People are climbing up and falling. Toys are falling everywhere. Howard... All he's seen is sold out, sold out, Turbo Man sold out. Yeah? Yeah. He goes to two of the staff and says, guys, I need a Turbo Man. They start laughing. <laughs> and then everyone else in the store surrounding them starts laughing. Like, hey, this guy wants a Turbo Man. Ha 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 ha. Then what was the rush for? I know, yeah. Yeah, if you knew, if it's such a big joke and you knew there's no Turbo Man dolls in there, why are you queuing up? But why... But what is that big cure? Yeah. I don't understand. I mean, it's played out like everyone is trying to get a Turbo Man. Yeah. But there's three people in this film who are struggling to get a Turbo Man. Uh-huh. It's Myron, Howard, and that random guy later that we'll get on to. Yeah. 
They're the only people who are struggling to get one. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, apart from the people with the balls, the lottery people. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that's a big crowd, but that's the kind of crowd I thought was in this store. Mm-hmm. I'm overanalyzing it, I'm confusing. But... <laughs> Jingle all the way. I never thought I'd say that about Jingle all the way. But who was this big crowd shopping for then if it wasn't Turbo Man? Also, they should probably lose their jobs for being so unprofessional. <laughs> That's very rude. Um, but... Uh, well, Bernie Sackham... Yeah. Uh, he grabs them both by the collar and menacingly asks where their Christmas spirit is whilst pulling a really evil face at both of them. They tell him and Myron that a lady just brought the last one. So Myron pushes Howard, and Howard uses a remote control car to trip him up before chasing after the lady who just drives away from him as fast as she can. Mm-hmm. We get a montage of various shop workers laughing at Howard, set to Jingle Bells by the Brian Seltzer, the Brian Setzer Orchestra. It's a terrible cover. Um, and it results in Howard destroying a Turbo Man sign in a shop, like a fucking lunatic. Yeah. So, another weird moment at home ted visits liz who is fully dressed (laughs) hair looking good and makeup on fleek she's making cookies and ted offers to finish the cookies so she can relax in the shower he takes her apron off like a creep and then answers the phone to howard now i have an issue with this number one this bitch ain't fucking doing anything. No. Why is she showering in the morning? She's clearly done to the nines. She's looking fabulous. She's serving a look in an apron. She's baking some cookies. She don't need a shower. She already had a shower. Um, the fact that she decides... Actually, do you know what? I do, I do deserve to relax, don't I? Do you know what? Actually, I do deserve this. Because I do fuck all all day, apart from drink Chardonnay and make shitty-looking cookies. <laughs> So I am going to go relax. Thanks, Ted. But he makes it out like she is the hardest working person on the planet. Exactly. Well, he's flirting, isn't he? Mm. But he undoes her apron. Yeah. And his head is very close to her breasts. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is highly inappropriate. That's the moment where she should be like, no, mate. You know, this, this makes me uncomfortable. Mention it to Howard. Howard comes. Howard's six foot two, Terminator, beats him up. (laughs) But it didn't happen. No. Now, Jamie and Johnny are fighting in the background over who's going to be Turbo Man. <laughs> Fucking annoying. Um, yeah, Howard calls up and uh, Ted answers the phone and says, Mmm, oh, excuse me, but your wife's cookies are out of this world. <laughs> I mean, it is funny. I'm glad she doesn't do all that. <laughs> because Phil Hartman is actually a great comedian and he is... Probably the best actor in the film. Yeah. He gives the best performance in the film. Ted tells Howard that he thinks Liz is in the shower before asking if he should go and check. And Howard's like, no! And then we get an iconic scene that has been mean to death. Um, It's just everything. One of the best scenes in the film. Ted continues having an orgasm over the cookies. And Arnie says... Put that cookie down! No! <laughs> <laughs> it's some of the best line deliveries ever gave. It's a, um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a testament to his acting abilities 
that he gives the best performances in Terminator and Terminator 2, <laughs> where he has the least dialogue. Yeah, and he has to show no emotion. He has to show no emotion. <laughs> oh, he's got that down. He's alright in Predator as well, but he's he's not, you know, he's not getting Oscar buzz anytime soon, is he? Bless him. Uh, Myron finds Howard and uh, starts shouting in his face again, whilst asking if he wants to start a team. Uh, My- Myron starts asking him if he wants to start a team and uh, calls him a racist when he says no. Which is probably true. It is probably true. Which is probably true. Uh, a random person in the street tells him there's a Turbo Man doll. No, he does. A Toy World. He does. No, he's running down the street and he's shouting to the person in the car. <laughs> Oh, he's like they've got they've got Turbo Man. At, <laughs> um, what's it called? Toy World. At Toy World. He's shouting it around running down the street so everyone hears. I mean, you dumb shit. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Wait till you get in the car. Tell them because now you've got a group of people who are following you yeah. to fucking Toy Worlds and are going to try and get Turbo Man before you do. <laughs> Stupid prick. Um, yeah, so they, uh, Myron and Howard rush off. Uh, Howard knocks over the cop from earlier's bike and breaks his little mirror, causing him to drop his coffee. Yeah, he does, he does get put through it, doesn't he, this he does. police officer? Howard gets a fine? We don't really know, because it kind of cuts away from that scene. Um, and then he goes to Toy World... That shopping mall where they have a Turbo Man. So this man. is Mall of America. Yeah. Um, they have a Turbo Man to give away to anyone who can find the winning ball in a bucket. Um, Howard has an update. Uh, it does a new line of Coke. And... Uh, Do you know what else does a line of Coke? <laughs> every other person there. Yeah. And the balls. The bo- <laughs> These are the bounciest balls. <laughs> Excuse do not clip this. <laughs> Put it on the These are the bounciest balls I've ever seen. They are incredible. Clip. Clip. Don't clip that. <laughs> Don't. Incredible bouncy balls. Incredible bouncy Merry balls. Merry Christmas, everyone. But it's fucking ridiculous. Well, the incredible bouncy balls soon go everywhere. Um, because, of course, everyone is obnoxious and charges towards the staff. So they throw the balls in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone piles on top of each other. A random woman bites Howard's hand for some reason. Yeah. Also, supply and demand means the price has doubled. A nice <laughs> yeah. little nod to uh, consumerism there. Mm. Uh, Myron grabs the ball and uh, pepper sprays Howard in the face. He does. Now, you'd think that would affect him. No. But not really. <laughs> it was. It was more like... Not even pepper spray, like... No. <laughs> Chanel number five. Was like, ow, that hurt a little bit. Oh, I'm all right now. And then, and then <laughs> he starts saying, He got two! He got two! <laughs> so, oh, yeah, so everyone pounces on my... Uh, Myron? Yeah. His name is Myron, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, so he drops the ball, and this... Uh, not even a line of coke. <laughs> this is a fucking bucket of cocaine this bouncy ball has. Because it's bouncing here, there, and fucking everywhere. This, yeah. Howard is chasing it. He's jumping on pianos. He's pushing people past on the escalator. Being highly obnoxious. Like, really, seriously obnoxious. Um, Genuinely, this is uh, uh, the best example of a bizarre series of events. Bizarre he's a series fucking of events. lunatic. He's, in this yeah, he's gone absolutely crazy. The 
ball ends up in the hands of this child in a pushchair um, who the child eventually ends up in a ball oh, pit no. in the play area. I thought you'd have something to say about a haircut. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> How can you miss that? She's got a mushroom <laughs> on her head. It looks fucking horrendous. I hate this kid's face so much. Like, I had it written, but I, I had it written. so annoying. She, she, yeah, she's got one of his annoying faces. Um, and awful, like... Uh, 1996 called they want the hair oh wait it is 1996 <laughs> um, but she's in the ball pool Howard jumps in tries to swap a ball <laughs> with her obviously looks like a gigantic nonce <laughs> Um, really. Yeah, well, he chased her all through that fucking child's play area. He just yeah. did the whole thing. Chased her, you know, pushing kids out of the way. Really incredibly obnoxious. Um, highly suspicious. Um, and his comeuppance is that he gets waxed. Uh, waxed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bunch of kids start waxing his hairy legs. He gets whacked by handbags. And that's it. Well, look, I mean, before that, he even says to her, he's like, Hey, little girl, look what I've got for you. A nice, shiny red ball. And then the kid puts the ball in her mouth and he fucking grabs her. Yeah. He assaults a child. Yeah. And so... <laughs> the pervert sicko. Well, that's what the pervert sicko... No one calls the police. <laughs> he says, I'm not a pervert. Oh, okay, mate, bye. Oh, uh, never mind. He runs off. Um, yeah, incredibly quick. <laughs> I mean, that's when he probably should have been arrested. Yeah. Like, that should have been the end of the film. <laughs> uh, a shopping mall Santa and his elf tell Howard that they have a Turbo Man doll. So he goes with them to their shady-looking warehouse hideout, um, which is full of people dressed as Santa making dodgy, cheap-looking toys. Yes. Is this trying to give us some social commentary on, on anything? No messages. Uh, what about the true Santa? The true Santa. The, the the truth behind the Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, no! We sound like Kirk Cameron now. <laughs> um, it's not. So yeah, so they try. They sell him a wrapped uh, doll. Yeah. Uh, Three hundred dollars. Three hundred dollars. Howard opens it, and it's Spanish. <laughs> So it's talking in Spanish, it falls apart, and he's obviously absolutely fuming. He probably shouldn't have been fuming. I mean, you know... We knew it was dodgy. Yeah, Jamie probably wouldn't have even known. I mean, your niece had a fucking Spanish Elsa from Frozen, she had no idea. <laughs> she did! <laughs> she, she didn't notice until we noticed, and we, we flicked the switch at the back. Um, it was... It was bilingual, so I was actually quite impressed. Um, I think it's quite good, bilingual yeah. toys and, and such. Uh, but this one is not bilingual. What I don't understand is if it's counterfeit, why were they acting as if it was the only one? Why why weren't why wasn't there a queue of people trying to buy? Do you know what I mean? I know, yeah. I'm like, if they'd made a shitty one, obviously they've made loads of shitty ones, so they should have just been selling like loads. <laughs> Anyway, I digress. So a fight ensues. Yeah. Involving um oh, involving a ninja Santa, <laughs> Vern Troyer, <laughs> and Paul White, the big show. 
he was, I think he was WCW then, so he would have been the giant, um, dressed as Santa, getting into a fight with Arnold. Arnold with his chest out. With his chest out. So such a fucking weird in a bizarre series of events. It's very bizarre um, series of events. Yeah. Vern he, Tro- so this is before um, Austin Powers. Yeah. Uh, but Vern Troyer gets punched and flies across the room. <laughs> I mean, the first one, um, Howard pulls his beard and lets go, which causes him to do backflips into a pole. <laughs> yeah, was he played by Jim Belushi? Is it Maybe. I think he was played by someone famous. Because he'd said, we're doing this for all the little boys who wake up on Christmas morning and find clothes. <laughs> were, oh, no. Not clothes <laughs> for Christmas. Santa orders everyone to do the North Pile on Howard. Uh, when the police show up, and Howard pretends he's a cop with a fake police badge that he found amongst the toys, and the police officers are fucking idiots, and they believe him. Yeah, because of privilege, he is able to get away with it. Yeah. Because he looks quite clean-cut and looks quite fancy, and he... so he can't be involved. Yeah. Everyone else looks scruffy, so therefore they must be involved. Well, they're all dressed as... He's the only one not dressed as Santa, to be fair. Oh, there's a couple of elves in there. Yeah, and he calls them a bunch of terrorists at a tea party. Howard drives away and his car breaks down so he goes to a diner whilst one of the neighbours tell Ted how much of an amazing man he is. Johnny tells Jamie that he called his reindeer Ted after his dad. <laughs> Jamie tells Johnny that he wishes his dad could do so cool stuff like that. Johnny suggests that Jamie's parents should get a divorce because his dad was only cool after he divorced his mother. <laughs> Jamie is fuming at this. I mean, he's got a point. <laughs> It is kind of a bit like, well, you know, very dysfunctional family. Yeah. They should get a divorce. Liz would have to learn to... Um, <laughs> pay away. Pay away. <laughs> and Howard would have more time. There wouldn't be such a, um, a burden on him to be the breadwinner and to keep up this fancy house and the fancy car and, and such so he could relax a little bit well let's face it he probably wouldn't be running like a fucking moron looking for an action figure because if they were divorced liz probably would have got it herself yeah to be the better parent yes yeah, she probably would have actually <laughs> um jamie storms off home and answers a call from howard who has to speak to liz and he informs him she's next door petting ted <laughs> yeah <laughs> now what Jamie starts whinging about how he'd make it to the parade and starts talking shit about Turbo Man's views on bronzes. So Howard basically tells him to shut the fuck up about Turbo Man. So Jamie whinges some more and slams the phone down. Liz walks in and says, Damn you, Howard. She does. (laughs) She says, Damn you, Howard. And I I put, Bitch, maybe you should have gotten the doll yourself. (laughs) You ain't working with your nice house and clothes and your Jennifer Aniston haircut. <laughs> and uh, he does mention, um, Jamie does mention, I'm assuming it's Turbo Man's catchphrase. Yeah. Always keep your promises if you want to keep your friends. Okay. That's that's really impractical, but okay. <laughs> It's given a child false view of what it's like to be an adult. Though, a okay. little bit, actually. Uh, Howard has some coffee in the diner. Myron is also there, conveniently. And they start talking shit about treehouses, being a father, and Johnny Seven Guns. Yeah, so Myron is... Ups- 
Myron blames everything on other people. Yeah. Um, it's either his ex-wife or his kid being spoiled or the toy companies and the commercialism and all that. Um, but he blames more than anything else his father for failing to get him a Johnny Seven OMA gun. I'm assuming it's a gun. Yeah. Because it's America. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm assuming it's a gun toy. Um, so he didn't get that, and that's why he's so fucked up. Yeah. Uh, Myron is resentful, and he knows he can blame his father because he has a degree in psychology. Which made me question, who paid for college? Yeah. It might not have got you a gun, but someone <clears throat> must have paid for college. But also, why hasn't his degree in psychology afforded him greater opportunities in mm -hmm. life? Um, and then we're getting into, you know, um, social issues there. And Myron being held back for certain reasons. Or, mm -hmm. you know, maybe he was on a scholarship, came from a poor family, his father couldn't... And then... Because this is what I do, I build up these scenarios in my head. <laughs> That's watching Jingle all the fucking way. What are you doing? I don't fucking know. It's just this is Sinbad just talking shit, throwing it out there. <laughs> I don't think he's saying anything. I mean, he's already brought great up about the social I... political climate. Well, he's already brought up racism and subliminal messaging. He has. So... so you know, he has a degree in psychology. Maybe he's been held back because of his race. Yeah. You know and. Maybe that's why, because you know he's a he's a postman and he work. He must work long hours, tiring, very tiring mm -hmm. work. But he has a degree in psychology and he wasn't able to use that. A bit. He does blame everyone else. So yeah. He's not. He's not whole. He is. I mean, Simbad even said that he he kind of feels sorry for him, mm. but he's not fully. You know, um, likable. No. You just blame everything on everyone else. <laughs> Howard tells a story about how, um, Jake? What's his son's Jamie. Jamie. Fuck's sake. Why do I struggle with that? Um, Howard tells a story about how Jamie, uh, got a tree house. He built him a tree house. Yeah. And he was so proud when Jamie made them eat Christmas dinner in the tree what house. What a fucking nightmare. It's like, oh my god, spoiled brat. Imagine, could you imagine oh, turning around so to your parents as well. and saying we're eating Christmas dinner at a tree house? Yeah. Tell you to fuck off and throw you out of the tree house. They'd tear the fucker down. They'd tear, <laughs> they'd tear it down, wouldn't they? How no. <laughs> Howard hallucinates uh, and sees Jamie dressed as Myron drinking old homestead whiskey. Is it whiskey? Must be, yeah. Uh, and he says, here's to you, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> um, the radio... All because he didn't get a, a... All because he didn't get a turbo, man. I know. I don't... I'm assuming this... <sighs> but it's played without any real irony. No. Yeah. It's like how ridiculous this whole thing is. The idea that this... I mean, really nice house... You know, he seemingly gets everything that he wants, uh -huh. apart from this one toy, and that's going to ruin him for the rest of yeah. his life. <laughs> Without a single bit of uh -huh. irony. Like, oh, okay. Are we, are we, you know, obviously it's played for laughs, but 
um, not really looking at the what that actually means. <laughs> in a um, in an extended bizarre series of events, uh, the radio starts talking to Howard. Uh, and tells him that if he can name all of Santa's reindeers, he'll win a Turbo Man doll. So he runs to the payphone to call the station. Uh, Myron, of course, tries to get to the phone. Howard hits Myron with the phone a few times. Myron pulls the phone out of the phone booth. Uh, and Howard strangles Myron on the table. More violence, that means absolutely nothing. Yes. The guy uh, at the diner tells them where to find the radio station. Uh, so he is just as much to blame for this horrific uh, series of events that are about to happen. So they start running to it, and Howard tells Myron that he's barking up the wrong tree. Yeah, which usually means someone's gay, but... Yeah. Uh, Howard smashes through the radio station door, uh, and psychotically tells the ponytail radio DJ uh, the name of all the reindeers. Yes, played by... Oh, what's his name? Martin something. Um, Willard Craft from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I don't know if that's his name. No. Yeah, but that's who he's playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Myron shows up and threatens Howard and the DJ with a bomb uh, before shouting random shit like a fucking psychopath. Myron throws the package and when it lands on the floor it was, it's revealed to be a musical jewellery box. Yeah, do you know what actually makes Myron a fucking asshole? What? Is that he deliberately ruins people's Christmas Eve post yeah. and deliberately ruins their Christmas presents Yeah. in an effort to, for him to get what he wants. Yeah. He's like really shitty. It is. Um... <laughs> Yeah, the ponytail DJ explains that he doesn't have a Turbo Man doll, but a voucher for when it comes back in stock in shops. The police show up, Howard grabs the voucher. Martin Mull, his name is Martin okay. Mull, and he plays Willard Craft on Sabrina, and he's a great comedic actor. The, the police show up, Howard grabs the voucher and runs into the same cop again. He's everywhere. And Myron threatens them with a bomb. You know how Ted's really weird with Liz? Uh-huh. I think this police officer has the same thing with Howard. He just always seems to turn up. Well, I mean, he doesn't arrest him in the end, so uh, he's yeah. going to have something for him. Yeah, it's true. Amara threatens him with a bomb and leaves it on the floor when they both escape. And, again, in a bizarre series of events, the police open it up and it's actually a fucking bomb that blows up but doesn't kill anyone. No. And it's we a have, Looney Tunes bomb, isn't it? And there we have a fully-fledged terrorist joke in 1996. Yeah. Like, yeah. So even after, it was like, oh my God, uh, Myron's like, oh my God, that was an actual bomb. Yeah. We live in a sick world. Well, parcel bombs were actually a big <laughs> thing, like, particularly in the 90s. Uh-huh. You know, it actually did happen. People sending bombs through the post. Mm-hmm. Um, I can think of most famous cases, obviously, the Bjork stalker. I'm like, yeah. this is real stuff that actually happens yeah. to people, and you're playing it as a joke. Uh-huh. Like a Looney Tunes style joke. It's a bit. Uh, yeah, that is. It's a little on the nose. The it? most badly aged joke of the whole film. It is yeah. bizarre that it's even a thing. 
Howard's car has been trashed for some reason um, and had Merry Christmas spelled M-E-R-I-X-mus uh, sprayed on it. Yeah, that's never explained why that happens. No. no, just randomly his car, no one else's. Just his car. Just so he can return home in a tow truck. Yeah, to see Ted putting a star on top of his tree. Yeah, um, I've gotten written here, why is Liz allowing Ted to spend so much time in her house uh-huh. without her husband there? Especially when Ted has acted increasingly inappropriate yeah. with her. Like, she she, she must realise that he's acting really inappropriate. Uh-huh. He's hanging around her house when her husband isn't there. She should feel some sort of guilt Yeah. Uh, at just how inappropriate that situation is. Just say, you know what, mate, don't come around when my husband's not here. Uh-huh. You know, you practically had your face in my chest Yeah. not too long ago. It's really inappropriate. He's a single man, she's a married woman. Yeah. I mean, if, if you knew that was happening whilst you were out... Fuming. Yeah. I had a Ted round, <laughs> putting the star on the tree, you'd be fuming. Yeah. Well, Howard is also fuming uh, and talks to himself Which in a sinister... That's why I hide it so well. <laughs> and talks to himself in a sinister voice before hearing Ted tell him about Johnny's Turbo Man doll. Yes, yes. Howard is now getting voices in his head. Liz tells Ted the star on the tree is Howard's thing, uh, and he's, he's adamant that he has to do it. <laughs> and Ted says, too bad he's not as adamant about spending time with his family. <gasps> See, that's a really inappropriate read. I mean, that's none of your business, Ted. <laughs> really inappropriate. Clearly, Ted doesn't work. I, I know, yeah. I yeah. know this is Christmas Eve, but people do work on Christmas yeah. Eve. You know, it's, it's one of those things. I know he's not working. But he could have been. Yeah. It's, you know. Um, so, Howard decides to steal. He breaks into Ted's house. Breaks into Ted's house to steal this Turbo Man doll. Fortunately for him, it's the only present under the tree wrapped in Turbo Man. <laughs> so that makes it very convenient. What I don't understand is... The carolers that turn up, they are singing without knocking mm-hmm. at Ted's house. Yeah. They're singing at it from a distance. They haven't knocked. They're not at the porch. Ted and Liz at Howard and Liz's home next door stand on the porch and watch them. Mm-hmm. The carolers still <laughs> aim their caroling <laughs> at Ted's house. Where there is no one in. No one knows Howard's there. Yeah. I'm like, are you fucking serious? (laughs) I know it's setting up for what's to come, but fucking hell, that is some shoddy writing. Like, seriously, why would the carolers be caroling and singing at an empty house? When there are two people, not too far, who are watching them going, oh, how lovely, how romantic, <laughs> lovely day. Well, how, it, it must do something to Howard because he has a change of heart and decides to take Johnny's turbo man back. When Ted the reindeer chases him and trashes Ted's house, knocking a Jesus yeah. statue uh, over, sending its head into the fire. Well, he breaks in through the front door. Yeah. But because the carolers are there, conveniently, he has to go out the back door Uh where Ted the Reindeer is. Ted the Reindeer attacks him in the house. A fire is set. 
he uh, the head falls off one of yeah, the wise Jesus men. Jesus' head. No, it's Jesus. Is it no, Jesus? Yeah. Hell. No, not baby Jesus. No, I think it's the baby Jesus. I think it's it grown nativity. up Jesus. Oh. Well, nativity's well, look, baby Jesus. He looked Jesus. Like, look like adult Jesus. Well, whoever it is, Joseph, Mary, wise men, Jesus. Um, it's the head's on fire and Howard kicks it out the window at the carolers who scream and uh -huh. run off. And the jig is up, isn't it? Yeah. The jig is up. They find Howard holding the gift and everyone is absolutely, and deservedly so, absolutely fuming. He's just standing in the fucking window. He's like, hi. No, you've literally broken someone's house. You're standing yeah. in someone else's house. Ted doesn't press charges. No, Ted doesn't even care. Like, all he cares about is fucking getting his way with Liz. This is his way of getting his leg over with Liz. Yeah, um, she's absolutely no time to hear his chaotic Christmas Eve story. And this is the only time it's mentioned how muscular yeah. Arnold is when Ted says you can't bench press your way out of this. <laughs> do you know what he can do, though? <laughs> Punch a reindeer in the face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ted the reindeer charges at Howard and he says, you picked the wrong day. Howard fucking punches Ted the reindeer before drinking some booze with him. <laughs> And I shouldn't laugh, but it is actually probably the funniest scene in the film. <laughs> he punches the reindeer in the face. Who thought this was a fucking good idea? Oh, it's a kid's film in 1996. I was going to punch a reindeer. Punch a reindeer in the face. And then the get face. drunk with it. But apparently violence solves everything apparently, Well, film. yeah. I mean, Ted the reindeer is the biggest is fan the after the answer, that. you know? Yeah, Ted likes her after that. Yeah. Jamie whinges about his dad not being able to get to the parade again. Oh, fucking hell. When Johnny has some wise words for him. Turbo Man's going to be there. You always count on him. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, there's this weird thing, and it, it happens... Because Howard gets a taxi, doesn't he? Yeah. To the parade. Yeah, it looks like a shit drawing. So he decides that he's going to go to the parade. He gets a taxi. The traffic is absolutely horrendous. Um, the taxi driver says, everyone's going to the parade... Turbo Man will be there. I mean, you're a grown ass fucking taxi driver. Why are you acting like Turbo Man's a real thing? Like, but he's acting like the Turbo Man's yeah. gonna be there. I'm like, you're a grown adult. Why talking to another grown adult? There are no children around. Why are you pretending like Turbo Man is real? And it's not just some random guy dressed up in a suit. Weatherman Gale Force and uh, news reporter Liza Tish of Radio 5 are covering the parade, aren't they? Yeah, Liza Tish is giving absolutely <laughs> serena energy. Uh, Jamie, and Johnny, <laughs> Jamie and Johnny run to see what's at the carnival. Um, and Johnny gets way too overexcited when he sees Cat in the Hat. <laughs> uh, literally, everyone there, like the Crayola Crayons are there, fucking, all these, you know... Paddington. Big pop culture names. And he's like, cut the hat! But that's the <laughs> only one he chooses. I don't know if it's like property. What, what, who made this film? Is I mean, Warner they're Brothers? all on screen. Are they all Warner Brothers properties? Well, 20th Century Fox. 20th it? Century Fox. But anyway, he's, he's literally like, cut in the hat! <laughs> Have you seen that video of uh, the Queen when she sees cow. a cow? <laughs> it's like that. Cow! Cut in the hat! Um, Ted pours Liz some non-alcoholic eggnog and makes the moves on her in his car. Yeah, he and finally goes full throttle. <laughs> says, you deserve better, Lizzie. Someone you can talk to, a shoulder to cry on, before shoving her head onto his shoulder. Mm. He's an he tells her he's an illegible bachelor 
and there are many eligible. women. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, they said illegible. I wish you can't read well, them. Um, and there are many women who had killed me in her position. Howard obviously turns up at the wrong time and spots Ted feeling her up. Yes. Like, okay, he's actually being really pressuring towards your wife. Probably shouldn't be pissed off. He should probably go and, like, help her. Well, he uses violence to resolve every other issue. I know, yeah. He'd punch a reindeer in the face, but he won't punch <laughs> a guy who's feeling up his wife in the car. It's true. Yeah, he never, he never, he's never violent towards Ted, which is odd. No, but we're glad of that because Liz does it herself. She does. She, um... The only good thing she does in the film. Well, before that, Howard oh, uh, ends up knocking four hot coffees over that cop again. Like, literally, we see four coffees that have just been brought going over this guy's face. Yeah. After a bomb exploded in his face. Yeah. Not too long. How is this guy still alive? And relatively quite chirpy afterwards. He's always angry at Howard, but never seems that angry otherwise. No. I mean, he actually, um, he takes part in the parade and he's actually really jolly and having a good time. Yeah. You actually, if anyone feels sorry for it, it's this police (laughs) officer. It is kind of, he's only doing his job. Yeah, I mean, he gets straight back up and he chases Howard to the changing rooms for the parade performers. Liz punches Ted with her non-alcoholic eggnog and leaves. Yes. Yes, good for her. Best thing she's done in all films. Best thing she's done. Um, So, yeah, in a fortunate series of events, um, fortunate because Howard is a muscular white man, (laughs) um, he is mistaken for the actor who is to portray Turbo Man in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's dressed up in a highly technological costume. Yeah. He does his bits, but it's it's very boring. Um, <laughs> he He's waving, you know, everything and... You, um, you're not going to mention the racist joke we got? Yeah, I was <laughs> going to. He's with... He's on the float with... Booster. Booster. Now, Booster is a cat, a saber-toothed tiger. I don't oh, know what he's trying to be. He, he looks like a, a walrus, a bear, and a, a cat. Yeah. Mixed into one. So he's and gay. And well, that's the thing. So, in in Turbo Man the show, Booster is his trusty sidekick, <laughs> who's a large saber-toothed cat <laughs> hybrid or whatever. Um, but bright pink. Um, he everyone hates him. No one yeah. wants. Turbo Man sold out, but Booster hasn't. Plenty of boosters. Plenty of booster. Um, I can't remember the actor. He has a very distinct voice, but he portrays the actor who is in the booster suit. Yeah. And he's smoking a ciggy, and he's fuming because obviously Howard's late. Um, he says, I'm sweating like a dog in a Chinese restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. So, another joke that really hasn't aged well. Uh-huh. At all. This is a kid's film. It's I like know! Kids. But who is that joke for? Yeah. Who Who is it for? Yeah. Kids aren't going to get that joke. Well, I certainly hope not. I hope it's not something that's taught them at home. You know, kids aren't going to get a stupid. Uh-huh. But, you know, it is 96, so it hasn't... Very much hasn't aged very well. Yeah. Um, but I'm reading Booster as queer. Yeah. 
Um, bright pink cat, you know, probably why everyone hates him. Um, yeah, Howard's now Turbo Man on the parade and waving to everyone. This is cool, I can get into this. But this is, and I don't want, I don't want to sound too woke about it, but this is white privilege. Yeah. You know, if this bloke wasn't white, mm-hmm. no one would have mistaken him for the actor. Yeah. He wouldn't be in the show. Yeah. So the t- he would have been in Myron's position, <laughs> getting arrested, like he should have been. Yeah. Uh, Gail and Liza reveal that there's a Turbo Man doll to be given away, very conveniently, uh, to a random child that Turbo Man chooses. It's a special edition, isn't it? Yeah. Howard finally holds a Turbo Man doll after all this time and chooses Jamie to give the doll to (gasps) before shouting, Jamie, in an unmistakable Howard voice. Jamie's like, he knows my name. Yeah, that's also clearly your father's voice. Yeah. You're a fucking moron. So, Howard and Myron have gone on a very similar journey throughout the film. Uh Uh-huh. They've both neglected to buy a doll that they should have bought. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Howard is a, you know, um, well-off guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, he had a spare $300 to pay for a counterfeit one. Yeah. Um, He's white. Muscular, you know, I want to say all-American, but obviously it's Arnold, so he's got Austrian accent. But he's also good Howard, which I don't think is an Austrian name. No. Um, but anyway, he's all-American, suburban, you know, all that. Uh-huh. Myron, very similar in, the t- in his story in regards to the doll, has neglected to get it, needs to find it. They've both been quite violent towards each other. Um, Myron is obviously black and um, less well off than Howard. Yeah. He's divorced, you know, quite quite bitter from it all. Um, Jamie. <laughs> Howard ends up becoming Turbo Man, even though they've gone on the same journey together. Yeah. He ends up becoming Turbo Man simply because he's a muscular white guy. Yeah. And I don't want to overanalyze it, but I think it says a hell of a lot. Oh, yeah. That the, the crutch of this ending mm-hmm. and the fact that Howard is the good guy. Yeah, he's the hero. And Myron isn't, is, isn't, he's the bad guy. Yeah. Simply because Myron couldn't be the good guy because he ain't white. Yeah. Well, well, they literally end up in the costumes, the hero and the villain, and Howard is the hero. Yeah. Um, Even though they've gone on exactly the same journey. Yeah. yeah, I know, you know, Howard didn't threaten anyone with a bomb. No, but he did assault a child. But he did <laughs> assault a child. You know, he assaulted a reindeer as well. You yeah. Know, he punched a reindeer in the face. He He's assaulted children. He's, you know, pushed people almost down an escalator. Yeah. He's, they're both just as bad as each other. Uh-huh. And this is... I know, I know it's only Jingle All The Way, and I know it's just a film, but I think it says a lot... It does say a that, lot. You know, the choices that filmmakers make says a lot about, you know, their intentions. Yes. And a lot about the kind of society that's created these films. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I think it's, I think it's very interesting. Obviously, it's 1996... Um, but it's, it's interesting to look at that aspect of it and how really 
the film takes a turn in one direction simply because of let's say it white privilege yeah. it's really it's just, I think it's just interesting yeah Myra knocks out the guy in the Dementor suit uh, to steal his suit and Booster has a cry as Jamie gets his Turbo Man doll you don't see uh, you don't see Myron's kid at any point in this film no getting uh, his doll Myron comes down on a zip wire to attack Turbo Man just as Howard's about to reveal who he is to Jamie something that Jamie should have already figured out by this point really should have um, this is where Myron really does become the villain. Yeah. Because he, however annoying this child is, uh, Jamie, mm. he really does put him in grave danger yeah. and doesn't care about... Like, literally, he could die. Yeah. And Myron doesn't give a shit. He still wants True. that toy. So this is kind of a bit where, okay, maybe you are psychotic. <laughs> uh, Myron demands that Howard gives him the doll and punches Booster when he tries stepping in, saying, Nobody likes you, Booster. And a bunch of kids start beating him up. Why are you laughing? It's gay bashing. I know, it's awful. Um, Myron and Howard have a fight when Myron tries stealing the doll from Jamie. Howard starts waving his crotch at the camera to celebrate hitting Myron with some discs. It is a, a jarring sight. I missed that part. I'm not going to lie to you. You've seen it so many times. How do you not remember when he starts doing his weird dance and starts waving his dick at the camera? Um, <laughs> I'm used to it, maybe. Clearly. Uh, the demon team, a.k.a. the Power Rangers, uh, start attacking Howard whilst Myron chases Jamie to a roof. Asks if he's seen Vertigo and tells him that Uncle Myron wants to speak to him. Yeah, yeah, it's very... Creepy. <laughs> Howard's, he, he is full on villain now. <laughs> Howard starts using Turbo Man's jetpack to fly around really badly to great hilarity with awful special effects and causes absolute chaos in the process. He flies through the parade, flies into a sign that spins him around for a bit, flies through a family's window, and then into a wall and finally onto the floor. Yeah, in very 1996 fashion. Yeah. The effects aren't terrible, no, but they're, it, 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 they're of the time, aren't they? They're of the time. They can forgive. Jamie and Myron start climbing upon a Christmas tree decoration on a roof, and it falls over the side of the building, leaving them both dangling over the edge. Um, yeah, no, literally, this is ridiculous. They, they, they're about to die. Yeah. Over this fucking doll. He is literally about to kill a child <laughs> for this toy. But the thing is, if the kid falls, then the toy's going to fall with him and probably yeah. smash. It's like, really, what is the point of all of this? Yeah. But. Well, Howard uses his turbo rang uh, to knock Byron off the building. And he grabs the doll on the way down, but gets arrested when he falls to the ground. So, yes, the guy that didn't assault a child um, and assault a police officer, uh, making coffee spill on him... Is the one who gets arrested. At the end of the day, they both should have been yeah, arrested. They absolutely they both, both should have been arrested. absolutely should have been arrested. This is this is the the thing. They both should have been arrested. They've both used violence to um, get their way. Yeah. They've both put people in danger. Um, they're both super obnoxious. Um, but it is quite telling that Myron is the only one that's yeah you know ends the film. In handcuffs. Yeah. And I know that's not the intention of the filmmaker, but, you know, it it means something 
that they've made these decisions. So it's a subconscious thing. Yeah. I, I really do. I genuinely believe that. Um, and I genuinely believe that, you know, this... Uh, this film, sort of, at the end, the end is literally... Myron couldn't have been Turbo Man because he wasn't white. Yeah. But if he was Turbo Man... This is, uh, th- I'm going to keep this and I'll give it to my kid. Uh-huh. End of film. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just, I just find it very interesting. I, I, I do, actually. Well, how, that's, that's how my brain works. I like to uh, over-analyse. Howard saves... <laughs> Family-friendly uh, entertainment. <laughs> Howard saves Jamie after he falls and takes him back to Liz. Jamie still fucking whinges about Howard not making it to the parade. And Howard reveals that it was him in the costume all that time. Liz is like, Howard? She then stares at his cock in the outfit and is like, Howard? Yeah, I would <laughs> just like to... Because uh, particularly with a film like this, which is here, there and everywhere, it's hard to keep track of what's going on. So I do use Wikipedia to sort of form my notes. And I did appreciate how Wikipedia said, Howard reveals himself to his family and apologises for his shortcomings. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he's revealing to his family. But Liz, Liz seemed quite impressed, so I don't think she needs to apologise for his shortcomings. <laughs> the, same, uh, the same cop that's had the many incidents with Howard shows up. What's um, his fucking name? He didn't even get a name. He didn't even did get a name. He? he turns up to thank Turbo Man. Uh, and is shocked to see it's Howard, who apologises to him for everything, and still doesn't get arrested. And doesn't get arrested. Myron, on the other hand, has been escorted away by the police when Jamie gives him the fucking doll because he has the real Turbo Man at home. Are you fucking kidding me? That makes the rest of the film such a waste of time. It does. It makes the rest... Yeah. He can't have been that bothered about the doll the whole time he's willing to just give it away like that. Because he had a real hero at home. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, just a shitty it's, thing to do. Uh, the... Like, if I was Howard, I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? But it's, it's again, and I, I really don't want to overanalyse it too much, but it is this white kid. <laughs> it, white privilege has given him this toy, <laughs> and then he says, no, Myron, you can have it, your kid can have it. I've got the real superhero at home, my big white dad over there. The the optics are are weird. They are really weird. Um, and I, I I understand it wasn't written that way because Myron wasn't written as a black character. Yeah. And I'm assuming because well, they're going to get Joe Pesci. They're going to yeah. get Joe Pesci to to do it. But the optics of seeing that and this whole ending of the film really plays out like a, a white saviour yeah. story. Um, I've got it here. It's it, it's Christmas Eve. How's Myron going to get the toy to his son yeah. anyway? If he's been arrested, if he's spending the night in jail, um, he, he you know probably doesn't have the bail money to no. get him because I'm assuming bail money is quite a lot. Um so he probably hasn't got that. So his kid ain't going to be seeing that toy for Christmas anyway. No. And he's not going to see his dad for Christmas no. because he's arrested. But the parade cheer Turbo Man on they, in the film ends before we get a post-credits they, they literally lift him up. They do. Go, yeah. 
Yay. We get a post credit scene where Howard puts the star on the top of the tree. And Liz tells him that he went all that way for Jamie. And it shows how much he loves him. And it makes her wonder what he got for her. And we get a close-up of Howard's shocked face because... He's such a terrible person to the point he even forgot to get her a Christmas present. That is unforgivable. That is unforgivable. And that's Jingle All The Way. Yes. The chaotic, badly aged Christmas classic um, that, thanks to the power of nostalgia, is very rewatchable. It's very much comparable to a cheesy Christmas song. Yeah. So, obviously, you wouldn't watch Jing- uh, Jingle All The Way in July. No. You wouldn't listen to a cheesy Christmas song in July. But, bitch, when December comes, we're watching it. In all its not-aged well glory, glory. All its problematic <laughs> glory. All its ridiculousness. Um, yeah, the, probably because of nostalgia. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure kids these days aren't watching it and being like, yeah, I'm going to watch this every year now. Uh, but I remember watching it when yeah, I was yeah. young, and it, it really, it, it didn't hold a, a big place in my heart, but there's a little place in my heart for it. So, yeah, if if you've, if, I'm, I'm assuming everyone's watched it. If you haven't already no, watched yeah, it, I wouldn't check probably it out. Wouldn't, probably, no, of course check it out. Really? 90s fun. Yeah, okay. So, if you're listening on iTunes, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. You can now rate on Spotify as well. So, uh, go ahead and do that. Give us a nice five stars if you're feeling generous. Um, and like and follow on everything else. I'm Dan at Gaz92 on Letterboxd, Gazmo205 on Instagram, and GazCruz92 on Twitter. I'm ChrisBarker823 on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. We're back on Friday with our final Christmas episode of the year, where we'll be discussing all three versions of Black Christmas for Original Versus Remake. And there'll be no new episode next Tuesday, but there will be a new episode on Friday where we'll be discussing our best and worst horror films of the year. Yes, something to look forward to. Yes. Uh, not Black Christmas. <laughs> well, yeah, the first film, obviously. Well, yeah, obviously. Everyone knows that, but yeah. So we'll see you on Friday. Bye. Cook it down now!